This is episode 36 of The Urban Yogi with Kathy and Paul Scott. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free-flowing conversation, exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. Today I had the honor of sitting down with two mentors of mine, uh, Paul and Kathy Scott are quantum healers here in Vancouver. They host cacao journeys, they offer many things, quantum touch, distance healing, uh, different types of what the status quo might call sort of out there or woo-woo uh, types of experiences, but you have to try it. Like when I went to this cacao journey, it was hosted in their house and there were about 40 people there. We drank a little bit of cacao, which is essentially raw chocolate. And then we went into sort of a series of kundalini movements, warming up the energy at the base of the spine. And it was amazing. They had certain uh, strobe lights. Uh, they're not strobe lights, but LED technology that uh, triggers the pineal gland to release DMT. Basically, we got super high on our own supply and had this amazing experience of turning inward, connecting to something more. So I wanted to have Paul and Kathy on the show a, because I wanted to learn more about them and what their interests are, and B, because they have a workshop series coming up this coming weekend in Vancouver, hosted at the Christchurch Cathedral, as well as Bridge and Enrich. It's called Living Vision. Living Vision is a powerfully transformative experience. If you want to sign up for it and learn more, go to quantumlife.ca. I'll read you a little bit about it now. It's a rite of passage from where you are living now to living the life you were born and meant to live. It's a universal wake-up call for those of us who are ready to live on purpose, using our greatest gifts and talents in service of humanity and the world for the best life ever. Living Vision is for anyone looking for a community in which to share a vision of global transformation on a personal and collective level. Living Vision is three days of self-discovery in community, a murmuration of transformation. At Living Vision, we move collectively as one, yet we each are encouraged to reach into our deepest essence for the beauty of our soul work and to source that mystical place of vision and possibility. We dare to envision new possibilities together through the power of conscious community, through sacred rituals, rituals and healing arts, and the collective energy of the field, we create expands exponentially through the magic of sound, song, movement, meditation, and breath to bring us to our inner forgiveness, essential for ourselves and all of humanity. From the power of our community experience to commune in unity, new potentials inherent in our collective human spirit emerge. Living vision allows us to experience what it means to have a spiritual family, supporting each other, shining a light on what we already know is possible, and reaching our full potential together to move forward with our personal quests for wholeness, supported by the foundation of our experience together. These new possibilities become powerful catalysts for creative expression, personal and global, and an open doorway to a profoundly deeper, richer life. A loving and supportive community is a very important launching pad for our heartfelt dreams, our visions of expressing our gifts and talents in service to humanity and the world. Our ongoing vision 
is to continue to extend our community to support Living Vision, your Living Vision, and to build on the new vista of possibilities created during our time together. Come and join the vision. And this is a little bit more. I resonated with this story, so I'll share it. This is from their website, quantumlife.ca. The Universal Wake-Up Call, Awakening the Dreamer for Global Transformation. Indigenous leaders explain the meaning of the condor and the eagle prophecy and the anticipated reunion of the two entities. The eagle and the condor is an ancient prophecy that speaks volumes about where we came from, where we are now, and where we're going. Essentially, all of human society splits into two paths, the path of the eagle and that of the condor. The eagle represents the north, masculine energy and focus of the mind. The path of the condor is represented by the south, feminine energy and the softness of the heart. According to the prophecy, the 1490s marked a significant event that would ignite a 500-year period of suffering and conflict. During this time, the people of the eagle would gain enough power and force to almost completely eliminate the people of the condor. The prophecy continues by saying that the next 500-year period, which began in the 1990s, would be a time of divine connection between the eagle and the condor. Or rather, that there would be the potential for these two to fly together and ring in a new age of consciousness for all mankind. The prophecy is telling us that the time for a shift is now. We have the potential. We know how to make this a better world for everyone. So let's do it. I'm ready to fly. Are you? I hope you enjoy my very inspiring interview with the beautiful, gorgeous, talented, lovely couple, Paul and Kathy Scott. I usually just press record, and then when it starts to sound interesting, I'll cut it from there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's more natural that way, and you can just yeah. flow and then get the juicy pieces. And this, this podcast is more freeform anyway. conversation. Yeah. It's just like freeform conversation about how to maintain balance in this world. Does mm-hmm. balance even exist? Um, and then, like, what tools and techniques do you guys use mm-hmm. to cultivate mm-hmm. your preferred life? Mm-hmm. Like I like the concept of brahmacharya, mm-hmm. and the you know one of the sort of bastardized meanings is celibacy, mm. but from what I understand, the true meaning is creating boundaries around the life that you love to live. Mm. So how do we do that in this world where there's th- still things like homophobia, where there's still things like EMFs, where there's still these external things that if you focus on, it kind of pinches you off from your life. Yeah, you're empathic, so it's kind of hard. That's sort of my challenge these days. I just watched Wrinkle in Time. Okay. And Oprah's character said, you know, we're looking for warriors, and a lot of the warriors have come from your planet. She's talking to this young girl. Mm. You know, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, um, who was Oprah's mentor, uh, Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. And so you need to learn how to focus on the light even when the it is present, even when the darkness is present. Mm. You need to learn how to focus on the light so you don't stumble. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, celibacy, mm-hmm. taking brahmacharya and making it mean celibacy mm-hmm. is the exact opposite of its real meaning, as in drawing clear boundaries. Because right. when you make 
if celibacy is your natural choice as opposed to a condition of being a brahmacharya, right. then that's fine. That's your natural boundary. Right. Right. But for like as they have done with the priesthoods in the churches and look where it's gone. Mm-hmm. Very sideways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you take these ancient principles and you and you go out of context with them, just like they have with the Bible and the works right. of Jesus and all the works of Buddha and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. It's just like, please, you know, really look at what you're, you're doing mm-hmm. with, with the word. Right. Yeah, and what's interesting about um, Jesus' name, mm-hmm. he didn't become <clears throat> Jesus until 300 AD. Really? Yeah, that word didn't exist in the languages themselves. So his real name is... Yeshua, which actually means the perfect balance of masculine feminine. Really? And they wanted to take the feminine out of his name so it was a pure masculine God because they created this whole religion, right? Around the patriarch. Around the patriarch. And um, they took the feminine out of his name and called him Jesus. And actually his name is Yeshua. And if you go into the Essene Gospels, the Essene Gospels, it talks about Yeshua mm-hmm. taking the men out on a retreat out into by a river in this field, and there was a whole bunch of men, and a lot of them were very sick because of their lifestyles and the way they were eating and just thinking like all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes them on a retreat, and he has them working with what he calls the angels, the elements of nature. He has them working with the elements of nature. One day he puts them all in the riverbank and they cover themselves. They, they dig holes and they cover themselves in mud and clay. And the mud and clay draw out the poisons and the toxins in their body. Um, in the morning he has them sun gazing. And taking in the sunlight, the and another, sun. the, the angel, angel of sun, light. and then he teaches wow. them meditation and breath to bring in the angel of air, yeah. and then he takes them and gets them to get goatskin bags with reeds, tie them up into trees, and gives them colon therapy. Wow. Okay. The now, do we crazy. ever hear about that, Yeshua? No. That's so crazy because I've got a friend uh, who's extremely religious. And uh, he's like, I was like, well, you should come to yoga class. I was like, well, you know, it's not mentioned in the Bible, so I can't. And I was like, well, but I'm sure Jesus was a meditator. You know, he said, be still and know. And then to hear you say that not only was he a meditator, but he was using plant medicines and nature to heal his people. Mm -hmm. That's like, wow. So where can we look at the scripture? I want to send it to my Gospels, the Essene Gospels. See, this is uh, E-S-S-E-N-E, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yanni, the scene. This is one of the challenges. And, and that also, just to, to finish right? up that little retreat he did. Remember when there was the one guy who was like, "You look like he was going to die," yeah. and they and he said, "There's there's a demon in that man. Do you want to see the demon re- come out?" And he, the man was unconscious, and so they laid him sideways uh, on his side, and they scooped the ground out near his mouth, and then Jesus poured milk into the into the into the hollow. And a tapeworm came from the man. And he goes, that is the devil inside. Wow. So basically what he's saying is the body is your temple. And cleaning the body is all that's required. And then when you, you know, mm-hmm. then you can clean the mind 
of thoughts mm. and you can have like when like this is what Paul and I've been doing for years when right. when you work with the body a pain free body a clean body mm-hmm. on and on and on these are going to raise the vibrations of your cells and yep. will give you the opportunity as a course in miracles says to make a new choice when you have that negative thought it gives that space between having the thought and saying something to have the thought and go, is that really how I want to do this today? And making that new choice. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're talking about here. And just saying that's just what Jesus did too. Fantastic. One, of, <laughs> yes. one of the drawbacks, unfortunately, one of the drawbacks with um, having such a slanted view of things mm-hmm. is they chose which Gospels were the ones they wanted to go with. And who are they, these and priests at a certain time? Yeah, the Roman Catholic Church, The uh, yeah. when it started with uh, the Emperor Constantinople, right. and they became now the new religion. And actually, Yeshua said, I didn't come here to create a new religion. He came here to right. be the embodiment of the law, to show us that we can live it as human beings. Right. We can live at our highest, highest level all that other stuff was something that was a kind of like a movement added. created to enslave i'm that, sure that, that jesus happened. didn't want yeshua didn't want people to call themselves christians no, no. do you know it what actually do you know yeah. where the word <laughs> do you know where the word christian comes from where it comes from the word christian c h r e s t i a n christians christians were a movement of people called the way so the first 100 years uh, so-called what they call Christianity now, was all an oral transmission um, um, uh, way of transmitting the message, right? And there was nothing written down, and it was called the way. Now, the way was the path of Christos. The path of Christos was to find the Christ consciousness within. Mm. And they were called Christians. But they were all about finding the Christ within us all. We all all are that Christ consciousness. See how things went? And then they chose like which Gospels they were going to teach, one of them being uh, Matthew, because it gave him a lineage leading to the Pope. That's Hmm. why they chose that. The Celts fought them furiously because they were more behind the Gospel of John and Thomas, which was talking about the divine in all of us. And they just disagreed with the line that we were born sinful. They said, no, we're not born sinful. We're all, you know, we all have the spark of the divine in us. Mm-hmm. And that is why they have two crosses in, in the Celt churches in Europe. Mm-hmm. So you have one cross in the church, but you have one cross outside the church to honor the God in everything in nature, right? in all things. So there's, there's two, you know, crosses to... Uh, honor God in nature. Right. And when you separate people from uh, from their bodies, when you separate people from nature, when you separate people from their breath, when you make people feel like they're sinners, they're mm. going to miss the mark. Yes. They're going to exactly. sin. Whereas if you, you know, if you help foster a society where people feel embodied and that they love themselves, they're going to be, they're not going to sin. You know, they're going to mm. want to serve Mm-hmm. So it's the almost word. like the system was set up to oh. cause people to screw yeah. up and be nasty to themselves yeah. and others. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually perpetuates the sin. Right. Right? We, we create that which we defend against. So get people oh. defending against something, 
and you're creating it. It's like mm. reverse psychology, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Now I'm freaked out about being sinful. I create sin wherever I go because my mind is focused on not doing yeah, that. Yeah, and the universe doesn't hear not. It just exactly. hears what you're focusing on. So now, so, you know, unfortunately, when it, when it got so, um, you know, directed on, on that, then that's where the sin came because the church said, now you need a mediator between you and God. And you're sinful, and you need us. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. right? This whole sort of thing got set in motion. It's so interesting. And the word sin actually means—it's an archer's term for missing for the mark. Right. So all it means is that you choose again. You just chose fear. Mm -hmm. You had your experience of it. It's neither bad nor good. You had your experience of yeah. it. Now you can choose, choose love. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can choose love. Choose. That's all it means. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. You just chose that to have an experience, and then you decide whether that's like a quality of life that you want to live. Totally. I love yeah. that. Isn't that beautiful? And, you know, if you wanted to create uh, a, a malleable um, congregation, flock, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. you couldn't have gone about it more cleverly than mm -hmm. to have created sin. Mm -hmm. because and, and because to... And, and to create the separation required for them to not align with one another, but to the, the authority. Right. Because you have to, 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 under, to, to decide if you've sinned or not, you have to judge your neighbor. You have to compare yourself. You have to go, oh, I am better. I have not sinned today. I'm not doing that thing you are doing. You are sinful. And so the separation widens. And, and mm. through the separation, it's like, you know, divide and conquer right it, it's it's the old adage it's it's like it's like a war we, we've been pitted against each other in this war of judgment mm -hmm. it's craziness it's it's Do you beyond think there's um when somebody when a leader is pinched off from source him or herself there's this sort of sick desire to want to control because they don't they're not truly connected to themselves or to their heart or to god so they they want to control so then things like like putting fluoride in the water and the toothpaste happens and things like wars happen and all this way to sort of dumbify and control people happens? Yeah, wouldn't that make sense, right? Mm -hmm. And then the more power that you get that's inauthentic, it causes an addiction to that power. Uh. Whereas genuine power is the power of the self to be in a loving space and to love another without judgment or condemnation right and that means you don't have to go into i'm sinless you are sinner right or in this way because i mean how many people have pointed a finger at at at, at others and it, it's not that they're sinless in it's just in that respect mm -hmm. you know like let's say it's you know the heterosexual against the gay mm -hmm. right well maybe they're heterosexual but maybe they they sodomize their, you know, congregation. Maybe they uh, steal. Well, and, um, and a lot all of, of those things. A lot of, uh, you know, anti-gay priests are are often found either molesting young boys or they're found in airport bathrooms getting blowjobs underneath the stalls. I mean, it's quite common. Mm -hmm. We see this a lot. Um, so it's almost like there's a projection of the part of themselves that they can't accept onto the other. Yeah, so the yeah. source of that is the separation caused by the church in all of its ways, right? right? Like, it's, it's an interesting thing, and that separation keeps us separate. It's, it, keeps yeah. us, like, it keeps us in a community of judgment. Right. 
I feel like there's a, a piece in there about homophobia, and I feel like homophobia is like was implemented by the church to control people, especially men, mm. because if you can make men not allowed to be romantic or to be even just express like a hug without being scared that they're going to be seen as gay, uh, then men have this desire to be close to one another because we're herd creatures, whether you're man or woman, but especially men, they want to like be close. Like if you look at bonobos, they're always hugging each other and kissing each other and grooming each other. Mm. So if you take that away from men, the only socially acceptable way that they can get close is to either punch each other, so that's mm -hmm. when you get the MMA, it's like so popular, or... Um, that's kind of about it. You kind of have to be aggressive. High fives. Right? And so that kind of creates competition amongst men and it kind of keeps everything on this vibration of like aggression and fierceness rather yeah. than love. Heart connection. Yeah. Because two men hugging, look at that heart connection there. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too is when you also create hell, which creates, which, which was created as a control mechanism, mm -hmm. right, by, by the church in order to say you'll be miscommunicated and go to hell forever and now you you couple you know the sin with hell and then now you have guilt like mm -hmm. huge guilt so that was you know the the holy trinity mm -hmm. of the shadow side right. you know sin guilt and hell mm -hmm. so now you've got this control mechanism for frightening terrifying people you know and what right. what I find interesting too is with the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm. there's now they've now found six gospels from females, cool. so they've proven that there was at least six um, apostles, female apostles. But when the patriarchs took over, they wouldn't let anyone read the uh, the feminine side of things, mm. and so now all of a sudden it's just all patriarch, right? Mm -hmm. And yet the ones they barely allowed was the Gospel of Thomas um, because it's, you know, uh, they're, they're not too sure that they can quite keep that in, in control. But in the Gospel of Mary, Yeshua asks Mary to go and spread the good news about the, um, something very deep they've discovered around fe fear. Mm -hmm. And she was to go and present it to the men. And she says to Yeshua, I fear, I fear Peter because he hates my kind. He mm. hates women. Mm. So right from the very beginning, there was also that seed of, you know, mm. hatred towards the, the women. Take the mat and feminine out of Yeshua's name. And then you've got seven million women burned at the stake right. through the church. So it's like really, really messed up mm -hmm. when people, if they would just open their mind and trust us, we're not here religion bashing because mm -hmm. for us, Yeshua is our master and we have a beautiful Christ relationship and love, but that's a religious experience. Mm -hmm. It's not religiosity. Religion isn't religious, isn't mm -hmm. a religious experience necessarily. It's a man-made religion and the two are literally man -made. totally separate you know yeah, right so we're not we're not coming from an anti-christian place at all we're just saying be very careful and do your homework about where all this stuff comes from and what truly mm -hmm. happened to get to the real true message right. of brotherhood 
Man, we weren't supposed to divide each other. No. That's crazy. That was never the message. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you go deeper into what then happened after the recreation of religion <clears throat> and the removal of women from the seat of power as the matriarch, as the bearer of, of babies, as all of those things, mm-hmm. and and then you look at how the church wove in the men, then you look at what the women did as the healers and the herbalists. And it's not that only women did it. They, they had many good men by their side, but many men, you know, were, were just like out there getting, getting the things that are needed to bring to the women to create the life in the community, in the tribe, in the clan, in the family, right? And so th- when you look at the next step that was taken was to take the power to heal through herbs and natural things from the women to take the herbs and to change them slightly and make a patent on them and to uh, disallow the women to have anything to do with it and to make the men the bearers of healing through being doctors Mm -hmm. and pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And then you look at what happened with the food, which is a natural progression beyond the medicines in the ground or the foods that we ate and knowing when to eat what foods Mm-hmm. And now you look at the GMOs things that are going on and you look at all the things that are happening there. And then you just, it just goes, and it's just mm-hmm. like they all say, follow the money. Mm-hmm. And what is, what is the greatest, you know, what are the most wealthiest places uh, on the planet? Cities unto themselves, the Vatican, London, and Washington, which are, you know, the, London is the seat of the money. The Vatican is the seat of religion, which controls all of these things. And then Washington is the seat of, of war. They keep the war machine on the planet going. They keep conflict happening. Right. And it's just like, it's just like <coughs> that little tiny plan that started way back at the beginning of Christianity has mm-hmm. just gone vast and wide. And mm-hmm. in some ways, it, it might have even had an innocent enough to a degree um, agenda in the mm-hmm. sense of let's organize people, let's help people, let's do this. And then, and then the, the natural greed, it's just Kali Yuga right. going right out to its maximum so that we can snap back into the golden age. Right. Which started in 2012, right? Around yeah. then with the age yeah. of Aquarius. So we're infants in, yeah. in, in finding all of this out, putting this together, not. And the thing is, is that what we've come to understand is we can't blame if we do that, we're just, we just have to see, right. right, without blame and go, oh, this was just humanity, humaning, you know, mm-hmm. doing its best to organize itself. And, mm-hmm. and then the tendencies as they got out of control and the corruption that was coming through as we had to heighten that stuff to, mm-hmm. to, to peek on it. Mm-hmm. To go, oh my God, we can't behave this way anymore. We're, mm-hmm. it's, it's just mean and nasty. But mm-hmm. how did we get here? Well, you know, like if we got here, like it's like the, the, the analogy we love is like if you put a frog into a pot of boiling water, it jumps out. Right. But if you put it into a pot of, of, of cool water and turn the heat up under it, it stays and right. boils to death because the, it doesn't notice the temperature rising it's and before rising, it's, rising. it's boiled off. It's, it's, it's lost its consciousness and yeah. it's just stayed in, and, and so we're waking up mm-hmm. We're the pot, you know, we're the, we're the frog in the pot and, and it's mm-hmm. getting a little hot mm-hmm. and, but we're going, you know, can we jump out of this thing? Yeah. Well, it's like we have to strengthen our, 
Yogi Bhajan says we have to strengthen our nervous systems because the pressure is not going to stop. So we have to become more robust. And mm -hmm. So that's what Kundalini Yoga is all about. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, as we become more robust and purify ourselves, then we are going to get that reflected back to us. Mm -hmm. According to yoga, the outer world is a reflection of the inner world. So mm -hmm. as we become more kind and pure and loving and fiercely gentle, then we're going to get uh, a yeah. world that reflects us back. So I like the idea that the way to change the world is to go within, it was what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's to perhaps like make the journey from the head to the heart, from the penis, the vagina up to the heart, bring it all to the heart, change our mm -hmm. hearts and then have that frequency mirrored back to us. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes right back to what you said earlier about the power center, mm -hmm. finding the authentic power center mm -hmm. and people getting into that place we just described and, and, and going into that power center through uh, the desire for personal power, which creeps in, right? And, and, and instead finding that authentic power center for the fuel, the ra. The, yeah, you know the, yeah. th that true power versus the third like chakra. David R. Hogg is a force, like yeah. true yeah. power, yeah. which yeah. is like compassion. Yogi Bhajan yeah. says compassion is the age of is the language of the age of Aquarius, mm -hmm. yeah. and so we have to like how do you how do you cultivate that in your body? You've got this amazing grounding pad. I was starting to feel very like compassionate just lying there. Mm -hmm. So like there's mm -hmm. something there's definitely is something about the body being healthy and strong in your body that leads you to be able to be more compassionate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to be compassionate when you're jacked up on, you know, mm -hmm. McDonald's. Yes. And apparently that's how Yogi Bhajan died. He ate too many McDonald's. Yeah, burgers. like near the end of his life, he just started binging on McDonald's. Wow. And like he just got really obese and then he just died. And, um, you know, because he was such a high frequency being, the McDonald's mm -hmm. probably wasn't on the same right. vibration. It's probably just. You know, that answers well, a big question body. that I ask Guru Rajkar. Mm. Oh in my kundalini yoga teacher training at Yoga West here in mm. Vancouver. And mm. we were watching the movies, you know, that yeah. are part of teacher training. And, and she loves Yogi Bhajan so with the, the greatest devotion. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for those of us who never knew Yogi Bhajan and who are new to all that she was telling us in our kundalini yoga teacher training, mm -hmm. you know, my brain was just like, you know, she kept saying, does anybody have any questions? And I thought, man, if she asks that one more time, I'm going to ask my question. And, you, you know, and I said to her, did Yogi Bhajan ever do yoga? Yeah. And what did she and say? She, well, she was just like devastated. She, she did. She just looked at me like I just, you know. Grew a horn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't mean it out of disrespect, no. but it was just the incongruency of the way the man died. Yeah. And what, yeah. you know, what his teachings are. Yeah. And, and, and what, did uh, she say anything? No, she never told me the McDonald's story. I, I, it, like, you know, if she'd said he became westernized and, you know, lost his way and became addicted to some western food that just basically with his constitution, because, the, you know, the traditional Indian food is filled with sugar anyway. Right. And carbohydrates are, and yeah. on and on. So they're prone to diabetes yeah. as a culture because of the of the, 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 the traditional the food. Sweets. <laughs> yeah, the sweets. And so you know, then you, you, you take a man who grew up in India who came to the West and maybe, you know, ate traditional food for a while and then found McDonald's. My theory <laughs> my theory is that he 
<clears throat> this, this could be wrong, but my, my intuition is telling me, like, he, he came to the West. He's living this yogic lifestyle. He's teaching this yogic lifestyle. And, you know, there's a lot of racism and there's a lot of discrimination. And he, you know, there's a lot of pressure being a leader like that. And maybe that pressure got to him at a certain point in his teaching career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, McDonald's. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to, to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And maybe he kind of fell a bit. Yep. Maybe yeah. he slipped off his bandwagon. Yeah, Yeah. because you, you kind of wonder, right, mm-hmm. when they're threatening him with his life, if he brings out this information to the West, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the heaviness of the shadow of those energies on him mm-hmm. and him being a pioneer and bringing the light here, mm-hmm. like how much of that was actually the shadow-like forces yeah. of that energy. Maybe he had an entity were, Yeah, working on him, and we're all kind of being judgmental about you know, yeah. like, well, not mm-hmm. all of us, but some may look and go, hmm, you know, that's incongruent. But that's not unusual to see leaders of light, you know, Like, look at Deepak Chopra. Right? He, like, he'll go on a silent retreat. His son made a movie about him. And he goes on silent retreats, and he's talking on his cell phone and drinking sugar-laden coffee and, you know. And so nobody's, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what we need. Like that, I would have appreciated that, and I would have absorbed and adopted more of my Kundalini Yoga teacher training if mm-hmm. Guru Rajkar had that information to give me and mm-hmm. to just say, "Yes, Kathy, you know, at the end of his life, it didn't look so good, and he wasn't mm-hmm. doing his own program. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the program's invalid. That exactly. doesn't mean." He didn't do his best. That doesn't mean all well, of still these a very things. Piscean, but he's still a human. Yeah, it's still a very Piscean way to be. It's like, no, nothing happened there. Just like yeah. what, what I found was really interesting is Guru Raj chose to show us the videos near the end of his life where he was falling asleep during class. Did you see the video where he fell asleep? No, I didn't see that. Okay, I, or so, I don't remember anyway. So he was he was teaching. He's like, okay, now do this and. Uh, and he's like, and he just passed out for like half an hour, literally. And then somebody came up to him, I think it was his wife, and like was like, wake up, wake up. And he's like, and now it's been 62 minutes, and man, the long time. So like, I just thought, like, he's taught 8,000 classes. It's interesting that Guru Raj Kar chose Showed to show that. us the one class where he was, where he felt, because he taught many classes where he was very vim and vigor and alive. Mm-hmm. So maybe she, on a maybe on a subconscious level is like, hey, he's human too. Yep. Let's have compassion. Mm-hmm. But maybe she isn't wasn't able to verbalize it at the time. Yes. Yeah. Because she could have yeah. just as easily shown him a great movie where he was on his A game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the subconscious. Or maybe she's is still trying to make. Maybe she saw this mm-hmm. and she was there and she's like, "What the hell is going on?" And maybe mm-hmm. she's trying to. Maybe she was her subconscious was asking you. The little girl inside her was asking you to ask that question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, how could, how did this happen? Yeah, because she kept asking and asking and asking, right? Yeah. So right. she's unconsciously searching probably within herself for an answer to this dilemma, mm-hmm. you know, between being kind the of a little bit of, yeah. uh, you know, f- uh, I don't even like the word zealot or fundamental, but, you know, when we buy into something like religion mm-hmm. and we lose our sense of uh, discernment, Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and go well. Just a minute, you know. If oh. I take all that aside, and I just look at things as they are, uh, and come at it from that place, and trust my own sense of knowing and discernment, um, what is really happening here, and then being able to, 
you know, truth needs to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to defend truth? Truth is truth. Mm -hmm. And so if we look at it from that it, point of yeah. view and go, I don't need to protect something here. Mm -hmm. We just need to fully see what's there. See what happened. And just okay. talk about it like in a real kind of way. You mm -hmm. know, just go, wow, what, what did happen? And, but if I'm holding on to something and protecting an image of something or, a, you know, a system mm -hmm. of something and I feel threatened if it gets exposed... Mm -hmm. Now that's where weakness starts to come in, I think, and yeah. separation. Instead of all of us going, well, hold it here. Let, let's just all trust and sit with this and go, what the hell, what is happening? Like, yeah. what is really um, going down here? Compassion and, is the language of know. the age, so we have to, and she did say, like, we have to, like, she's like, he was a very busy, busy man, and, you know, this is, he fell, yes, he did fall asleep in that mm -hmm. class, because she said, what are your thoughts on what you just saw? And one mm -hmm. girl's like, did he, did he fall asleep for half the class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's... Did it's, they just uh, sit there and wait for him to wake up? They kept doing the move. So it was a very vigorous move that oh he instructed God. them to do. And, and they just kept going. And then he passed out. And they yep. kept going and going and going and going. Yeah. Like, and it was very intense. Wow. And then the wife, Yogi Bhajan's wife, was like, wake up, wake up. Wow. And he's like, okay, stop now. But... Um, you know, it's interesting, too, because <laughs> those vigorous moves, man... And yeah, they're, they're like, I remember doing sat nam, sat nam, and I got my sakriya. Yeah, and I actually bruised my diaphragm. I was snapping oh, yeah. so hard. Well, and she says, <clears throat> Buddha Raj says, it's less of a snap and more of like a pumping in and up. And it's interesting. She said the instructions have become more loving as we've transitioned into the Aquarian age. Right. So they're rewriting the textbook, uh, you know, from like squeeze this and snap this to like, or, or like, touch your toes, bend forward, and you must touch your nose to the floor. Like that yes. kind of languaging from yes. the Piscean mm -hmm. age. They're rewriting the textbook so that wow. it's like, if you're able to, you know, bring your nose close to the floor. It's more gentle, kind, self-compassionate mm -hmm. languaging. Uh -huh. Oh, that's so cool. Because when you look at it, I was roots, 2008, so that's yeah, why I, think, I was in the height of yeah. Piscean. You were in the height of it, yeah. You were. Yogi Bhajan had just passed away around yeah. that time. and. Yeah. Yeah. But you, if you look at it through, it's it's warrior. They're warriors, Sikh, and mm -hmm. they're patriarchs. Yeah. And Yogi so you're going to have a very a martial artist. Yeah, you're going to have a very male patriarch aspect to mm -hmm. the 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 form of practice itself. And now that's indicative of us going back into claiming the feminine back in Christ's name. Right. You know, and the patriarch and matriarch are starting to merge into. Christ consciousness so mm. it's like we're coming into a merge now and we're we're oh my god when you look at what we're all into right now um earlier and I don't want to sidetrack it but earlier um I believe the Sikhs believe in reincarnation right mm -hmm. you know and some people who are awakening and or those who are remembering are remembering all the lives we've had here Yes. And so we've done it all. Like, no one's exempt. I know I've killed people, I've murdered, I've been murdered, I've done it all on this planet. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very aware of that. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like when you realize that, to get all hung up on whether I'm heterosexual or gay, or mm -hmm. it, it's, 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 you know, it's it so brings a different perspective to it. You know, it's like, well, that's the experience I'm having with my humanity in this lifetime. Yeah. And it's meaningful to me in this way. But it doesn't define no. who we are. I mean, it's insane. No. We've, done, we've done it all. So when you look at that 
and we're awakening now in the golden age. You know, and interestingly, if I, if I might comment on that, Kathy and I were at uh, the Oneness University in India mm. for 2012-21. Nice. And they have been waiting for 6,000 years for, that for year. this time we're yeah. all in. And if you look at the fact that every mystic tradition on the planet is all pointing to this one time That's crazy. in mm -hmm. history, That's so cool. like, Something must be going down. Yeah, and I know. will say, like Guru Raj, like she told me to watch Wrinkle in Time, mm. and I really want to thank her for carrying the teachings through the Piscean Age because it must have been really hard to yeah. stay focused on oh the positive. Oh my God! What a warrior she is! You know, yeah. in that time of darkness, to mm -hmm. to carry it into the Aquarian Age. So mm -hmm. I can see why she had to be the way she had to be. Yeah. You know? She's a gatekeeper. That's yeah. what I call them. She's a yeah. gatekeeper. So I was just about yeah. to say that. Yeah, so thank, if Guru Rajkar is listening, we thank you. And Yes. You know, yeah, when yeah. I sat there with in front of those women, Guru Rajkar, Birkar, mm -hmm. I mean, there was, yeah, there was a few of them, and I thought, wow, you ladies in your turbans and whites mm -hmm. and all of it, like, look at you go. Yeah. Look at you go. They're warriors, and, totally. you know, it's beautiful that the feminine power is coming into it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's part, they're part of the movement to merge, mm -hmm. to soften, you mm -hmm. know, to bring the, the, the feminine mm. into the masculine, mm -hmm. and then in, because it's all about Christ consciousness, it's yeah. about awakening, well, you can't just awaken from the male side. Yeah. You know, it's the perfect marriage of feminine masculine energy that creates that mm -hmm. that deeper Christ mm -hmm. consciousness. Oh, just, you know, when 11, 11, 11 happened, which is kind of cool because it's my birthday too, oh, 11, wow. 11, 11. And um, we had about 150 of us and we did a ceremony and we did 11 minutes silence before the uh, official 11, 11, 11, 11. Wow. And then we, uh, our friend Jerry Devoyne sang the Age of Aquarius, and oh. we all danced. Yeah. And no kidding, we were all dancing around. We were looking at each other, and we felt it. Hmm. And we were all like, are we just kind of hypnotically maybe convincing ourselves that this is a special time? Like, oh, it's New Year's party, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or is something really happening here? And we were actually going, you know what? Something has shifted. Yeah. Something changed. And then to see it, uh, feel that change, and then going into 2012, 21, and being with the avatars and um, a lot of the Indian spiritual community was there mm -hmm. um, celebrating. It was a huge celebration. You could, again, mm -hmm. we could feel like, oh, yeah. Something really profound is happening, happening here. Yeah. They said their goal by 2021, uh, 12, December, 21st, December 21st, 2012, they needed 70,000 awakened beings on this planet hmm. to anchor in the golden age so that we don't have to go through the yugas again here right. unless you choose to. But right. you, so there's this very special 10,000 year window mm -hmm. that we can Special 10,000 year window. <laughs> yeah, that's how they put it with the yugas, right? Because you're talking hundreds of thousands of years, right. you know? And they're going, there is this window of 10,000 years, of 10, <laughs> you know? And you're like, uh, okay. And um, Just 10. so they're, they're saying like, here's this age of consciousness that is now anchored in because... They ended up 
in the way that they discern anyway. Uh -huh. we, we ended up with 120,000 awakened beings on this planet. Oh, sweet. Nailed December. It. Nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> we nailed it. Woo! So we actually, they said it's done. It's anchored. Oh, awesome. So now it's we're anchoring in this new golden age and we're moving, right? We're moving into full Christ consciousness as a collective. Sweet. That's the second coming. This yeah. is that's the, the new Buddha. Of yeah, that's the new yeah. Buddha is a Buddhas. one yeah. consciousness yeah. of all of us recognizing that as a consciousness, we are Christ consciousness. Yeah. So it, it's just profound when you think of like what we're hitting into. So we're, you know, our, you're, you're a little bit younger than our generation, but our generation, your generation and the generation before mm -hmm. are kind of a, a, a bit like probably um, Guru Rajkar mm -hmm. in that that we're the bridge. Mm. We're bridging. We're the frequency holders. We're the bridges that are helping bridge into this new consciousness. So we're mm. being asked to hold the new frequency. Right. And in order to do that, we're all having to deal with being in the body, all the conditioning culturally we've had, yeah. all the GMO, all the shit that's in our systems, yeah. the relationship with our mind and our body. Because here's one other thing I wanted to add to this conversation that I felt might be useful, and mm -hmm. that is because we've gone so patriarch, right? We've gone so linear. We've mm -hmm. become a thinking society. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have identified with our minds as who we are. We have a, a personality and an identity as mind. Mm. So there's a lot of disconnection from soul, a lot of disconnection from our true nature, mm. you know, as infinite beings having a human experience. Mm -hmm. And we've gone very, very linear, our society. And so we're addicted to thinking. Mm. And thinking is based on the past and the future because that's how thinking works. I cannot discern any moment without going to the past. That's the separation right? and right. judgment. And we now were, we're in the separate. Exactly. Yeah. So the separation yes. and judgment has got us I more. Think I'm better than you. Exactly. Right. It's got us more ingrained yeah. in the mind, yeah. right? And so now we're yeah. we're so conditioned to be in our mind and identify with it. And so if the mind can only make a decision of judgment in this moment by reflecting the past to tell you how the future should go, that's fear. Right. So the mind, the thinking mind, its very essence is fear. There's no way that you can recondition a mind to love. Hmm. You have to separate from that egoic thinking mind. Hmm. You need to awaken from it. As they would say in India, your mind is like, riding on your top of your head like a donkey mm. and you're walking around with this huge donkey on your head mm -hmm. which is your mind mm -hmm. and your heart is now become the servant of the mind mm. you have to put the donkey down get on it and ride it mm. in other words the heart wisdom is what's supposed to guide us not the mind right. the mind is the faithful servant of the heart right. but we've completely reversed it around because we've become such a mind society, right? Yeah. So linear, so patriarch, yeah. you know, and in the heart, it, heart wisdom, of course, it's the 
perfect balance of both. It's the masculine, feminine, because without the masculine, you couldn't carry out anything. Mm-hmm. And so the but the feminine is the true wisdom and creativity and that mm-hmm. you know that love that imbues all action. Mm-hmm. You know how and do we get into our hearts? Yeah, that's a, I love that. Well, to get into the heart, <laughs> I think we need to start mm-hmm. recognizing we've separated from mm-hmm. the heart and getting the mind back to where it's supposed to be in mm-hmm. place as a servant to the heart. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's starting to do those practices that start to separate us from the mind, mm-hmm. right? And start to bring us into the heart. So, you know, it's those, and that's what I love about Kundalini Yoga, right? It's, it's getting to the observer. Mm-hmm. It's getting to that place where your awareness, mm-hmm. your awareness aware of itself. Mm-hmm. You're starting to witness yourself because you're not identified as just a body right. and a it's mind. It's kind of like using the body to detach from the mind so the heart yes. has an opportunity to show itself and right. offer you another way. Of, of being than yeah. to just come from the mind. Right, right. Yeah, using the body to, to change your frequency so that you can more easily be the loving witness. Yeah, yeah like because breath we, work, right? Like yeah. breath work. If you go into deep breath work, your mind is like, it's fucked. Yeah. It doesn't have a chance to, to start giving you the bullshit it usually reels at you, right? Yeah. And you and so and then and then your your heart is expanding. It's like when the mind shuts down, the heart doesn't need an invitation. It just mm-hmm. comes in and fills up. Yeah. Where the mind has been taking over. Yeah. And so when you do things like Kundalini Yoga, especially, it's one of the higher yogas for for shutting yeah. down the mind. I think there's a kriya called kriya to uh, live weightlessly and break the bonds of earth. And that's a very powerful mm. but one that, that I found really gives. Oh, I'd like to see that gives after that, this. Oh, you start crying. Usually I start crying, and then you're just like, the, the mind shuts off, and then the heart just takes over, and then you yep. connect to this other realm, and everything's bright, and you're like, whoa. Exactly. You know, and, and this is actually tying in beautifully. <laughs> this, this is tying in beautifully to what we're talking about, because when we felt sinful, because we're enjoying our sensuality and our bodies and our sexuality and all of that, it cut us off from our bodies. Oh my God, yeah. Right? And so we actually Body got bad. cut off from the body. Mm-hmm. And then uh, religion told us you must go beyond your body because it's sinful. You know? Right. So be celibate. Don't do this. Don't do that. And Descartes and split the mind from the it, body because you didn't de- want to piss off the church. Exactly. So, then, so then Descartes. The whole medical system is based yep. on this mind body split, which is totally exactly. not true. Mm-hmm. And, and then now they're coming back to the emotions are mm-hmm. actually what makes the body sick. Right. And where yeah. do the emotions come from? From the mind. From the mind. And yes. why do they come from the mind in that twisted way? Because the heart's not involved. Yeah, because Descartes, that was right. another huge faction, right? Because when you think of Descartes, Right, Cap? Yep. You think of Descartes, they, they made a decision between the church and philosophers, right. right? That they would separate, okay, the mind is our realm, mm. right? And the soul is your realm. So all of a sudden there was a split from the body there as well. Right. So now the body isn't even soulful. It's like a machine right. that just goes around. It's all scientific now. And there's no soul left in the body, right? Yeah. And so it's like, holy shit, we just so got separated from our bodies. Now, this is really, uh, you know, dear to my heart, this conversation, because mm-hmm. two years ago, you know, when I read 
when I got into constellation family systems theory, right, as a, a practitioner, I sort of did my two-year, I did my practicum for a year, then I did uh, the leadership. But and going, what's the other name for that? It's um, family constellations. Family constellations. Yeah, I've, I've been told yeah. to do that. It That's is cool. like looking at what you're systemically carrying through your system. Hmm. Um, but as I was going through that training, they had a quote from Ram Dass. Hmm. And Ram Dass had some kind of nervous disorder, illness happen where his body just started like breaking down. And right. He couldn't control it. Now, you think of Ram Dass, for those who don't know, you know, he was basically right up there with Timothy Leary mm -hmm. in the LSD revolution, but he was the spiritual side of things. And he was really going to India and he was very much into yogic practices and doing his thing. And um, interestingly enough, back then, there was a little bit of a mentality of a spiritual two-step. In other words, avoid the body and go into the spirit. Almost like the Buddhist monks are yeah. not to not to really take much care of the body because it's just got to get to Buddhahood. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're just going to enlighten, you know, who cares about the body, just don't give it the blah, blah, blah. So here's Ram Dass, and he's like wanting to commit suicide. He wants to check out because he's not enjoying his and human trip. And his guides, he said, said to him, Ram Dass, you signed up for this. This is your curriculum. Why don't you take it? Hmm. And he had this huge shift about, oh, it isn't about getting out of the body. It's actually about getting into it. Mm. And so he changed his whole paradigm, and he got into his experience, and he said he's never been more joyful, even though his body's, like, messed up. Right, because he's the, older and now. And he's... More into it. And I thought, God, thank you. Because right. they taught us in India, too, in our teachings, that any feeling fully felt is bliss. Any feeling, sadness, depression, right. loneliness. If you dove into that and sat like a Buddha in the middle of it and allowed the whole experience to happen without mm -hmm. resistance, you would always find love mm -hmm. and bliss. But because we've been taught to avoid our emotional state, mm -hmm. we've been taught to addict at it, you know, drink at it, eat at it, you know, like uh, whatever. You right. know, we've got so many ways to avoid to numb it or to cut it off. what we're feeling. Yeah. And being in our bodies because we've been so mind-oriented and, mm -hmm. you know, take action. And, and we've been taught to not like our bodies through exactly. billions of dollars of advertising. Exactly. Like if you're a woman, you have to look a certain way. Because you, you have to fix it. You've got yeah. to fix it. So, so you've got to so buy their thing to fix it with. There's this self-hate, the self-aversion. So it's hard to, you know, when you're faced with a, it's just easier to numb out. Yeah. Because you haven't even, most people haven't even had a whiff of self-love. Mm. Yeah. But then when you get a whiff of self-love through kundalini yoga, through doing different practices, you're like, oh, that feels way better than numbing out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that feels mm -hmm. way better than getting completely sloshed. Do you know, we just went through a process, and I'll just briefly describe it. It, it, it was There's a whole story around it, but basically the core of it is a dry fast, right? Mm -hmm. And we went to a hot climate, so we, it, was a, it was a more conducive atmosphere to do it than here in you know, November in Vancouver, mm -hmm. uh, British Columbia, Canada. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we had a, um, <clears throat> a, a week of like raw, mainly raw. And then you go into a day of uh, eating fruit and all, just nice. gorging on fruit. And then a day of fruit juice. Nice. And then a day of water. And then, a, then you go into a four-day dry fast. No food, no water passes your lips. Well, <clears throat> even before we 
got to the day of the dry fast, on the morning of the dry fast, mm. uh, Paul and I, we were in this ma- magnificent uh, mm. place in Vilcabamba, Ecuador. And um, we woke up at 3 a.m. And both of us had this feeling around our bodies and like we're both in our 60s our early 60s and we hadn't had this feeling in our body we can't remember when Hmm. unless it was like on some sort of you know uh uh, assisted uh uh you know psychedelic plant medicine type of thing right yeah you just don't get that was it a feeling of radiance it was a feeling of actually being an alien here on this planet in some respects in the sense that we've become accustomed to being the bodies that we are here and when you get into that place with your body it's just like this body is like the, you know it, it it's it's just been put here like we are experiencing here we are not from here on some level but we are created from this planet and in the sense that our body is composed in the womb of all the food our mother eats which comes from the, the, the planet right. at this point. But right. the whole point of this whole retreat was mm. to detach from mm. the food and to start to live pranically as mm. opposed to live through the density of the vibration of the food and how the food has become. And so now we're going back, back, back to our, the beginning of our conversation when we were talking about the church taking over the food. Huh. Right? From the witches. Yeah. Yes. That they called the women they called the witches, which were the wise women and the crones the women and the healers. To nature yes. The and they changed that whole thing. And so there was where the divide started. And now when you detach from what's being fed to you now, so we you detach from that indoctrination. And we woke mm-hmm. up and we could mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. our skin. We mm-hmm. could feel the vibration of the energetic being inside this skin bag. Right. And it was just Mm. like, oh my God, feel that coming on? Huh. Now then we went into the dry fast, which then dives you back into the depths of detoxification, Mm. which takes you into the lower densities of Mm -hmm. the body because you're swimming around in the gunk that's been right. left in that body and there's a there's a release of that and so it's it's like it it brings you back into that place right. and then you get to the point where you're so anxious to just have a drink of water again mm-hmm. you have a reverence for water mm-hmm. that you've never known in your whole life wow. and 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 it's just like it, 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 the, but the feeling of that morning even before the dry fast had gone had started we hadn't gone 24 hours. It was just the, the, the break fast mm-hmm. of, of every day. That's why they call it break fast. Right. It's because we're breaking the fast from not eating all night long and letting yeah. the body rest and digest, right? Yeah. Well, when you're not spending so much time resting and digesting, and as we did the day of fruit and fruit juice and then water and then n- nothing, as we woke up to the day of nothing after the water fast day, Mm-hmm. which people here in Vancouver say a day of, of just water fasting is difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not. When, you're, when you prepare when you're right and, and you bring it on in a certain way, and then that takes the body mm-hmm. to that place where you go, wow, I am not my body. I am free, yeah. for I am still as God created me, yeah. which is that energetic body that is starting to emerge. Right. And that's the ener- that's the body that can heal cavities. That's the body that can, you know, takes care grow of the body from the inside out. Right? There's I'm sure there's things that we can do that 
we could do back in maybe Lumerian times or something. Yeah, yeah I think it, it almost, Regenerative, it yeah. almost feels like, you know, for, from, to me, like um, we talk about in the Course of Miracles how uh, we started out as light beings mm. and became denser and denser into this place of very dense material um, experience mm -hmm. as a personality in a body you know, in a very dense material body um, to the point where we've gone so deep into the density mm -hmm. that the shadow now of the, of the um, compression of going so deep into density and so deep into forgetfulness, mm. we're forgetting who we are in the density of this human experience that um, it creates, as the Course would say, luckily there's a limit to what we can suffer. And so it's almost like this little switch that brings us home. Mm -hmm. So we've gone deep into the human experience, and now the, the suffering from the separation mm -hmm. from source and who we truly are and going so dense and what we're doing to each other here, you know, and, and the world and the animal, everything, you know, mm -hmm. is getting gotten so painful that it's kind of like tectonic plates pushing coal under the heat of lava in the earth and forming a diamond. Now eventually the coal compresses and the diamond gets pushed up to the light of day. I kind of see it like that with us in the density. So mm -hmm. we're being actually like a fail-safe to bring us home. Hmm. It's mm -hmm. like the light is being cracked for open from within us mm -hmm. because of the dense pressure. And mm -hmm. so this light uh, of the divine in us is bursting forth, is radiating forth, and then we're like, oh my God, I remember now right. who the hell I really am, I am yeah. you know, and, and we're, we're starting to come home. Mm -hmm. So in order to come home, we got to go back the way we came in. Mm. And so it means that we need to experience the full human experience of all of this density and this emotion and this physicality mm -hmm. and and embrace it to the deepest levels as we come back through to go home. That's cool. It's not to and avoid having it. the grieving circle at your event. Like we got to, we should finish off with that. I'm touching upon your event that's coming up mm. in beginning of January. Right. And that you're telling me there's going to be music and there's going to be healing vibrations and there's going to be a grieving circle, mm. which I think is just so mm. awesome. So going through yeah. the density again and feeling it to heal it to get to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's actually going to be a whole template of a process of what does it mean to actually live in vision? You know, we talk a lot about goals and purpose and, mm -hmm. and service, and, and, and it has a validity. And there's a much deeper level than that. It's what we're here to do spiritually. It's who we actually are. It's mm -hmm. to remember that and then allow that to emanate through us as us, you know. Mm -hmm. And what we're supposed to do here will be perfectly aligned to it. So the question is, how do we, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. You know, and in the process of visioning, we start where we are. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can't, you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Mm -hmm. So if you want, if we need to start our journey, we have to start where we are first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we say, no, I'm, I'm over there. Um, actually, I'm in, uh, I live in Vancouver, but I think I live in Toronto and I want to buy a ticket to Hawaii. You never get into Hawaii. You never get into Hawaii because you're not where you are. <laughs> yeah. So... 
it's okay to be where you are in our humanity, in our woundedness, in all yes. of it, you know. And to realize the starting point is also to realize we systemically carry our whole lineage. Right. It's not just us. Mm-hmm. We're everybody uh-huh. in our lineage. Yeah. We're carrying all the dreams, all the pains, all the losses, everything. All my relations, as the natives would mm-hmm. say. We are carrying that. And in our society, we've cut off from our relations. Mm-hmm. And we need to embrace that we're all of that. Mm-hmm. And we're carrying all of that. And it's within us. And yes, we have our own personal experience of it. But it's all of it. So we're going to help people to start going inward mm-hmm. and owning who they are and what they carry in order to be fully here with it. Now, if we're fully here with it, now we can actually take that next step. So we are now honoring what we're carrying. We're willing to feel it, to heal it, right? And you acknowledge the ancestors. Yes. Because that's what gets passed on, is their ungrieved losses, is what Paul's talking about. Right. You know, and getting back yes. to this water thing, it's so exciting. Kathy brought this up, because tell, tell them about oh, okay. the, the womb yeah. thing. So it's, you know, science is, you know, the little facts burble up and get farted out periodically that are quite fascinating when you start to really look at them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is just like this crazy little fact is that when a female is in... Is is in is in her, in in uterus, and at the fourth month of development, she has every egg she's ever going to have to make babies with, at four months in the in her mother's womb. Which oh. means that you were in your grandmother's womb when your mother was four months right. along in that womb with your grandmother. Right. So we are all in the waters. Of our ancestors, you were yeah. you were brought into you life in your grandmother's in womb. that water, and back yeah. and back and back it goes. So when we get into the waters of life, yeah. when we get into <laughs> waters of life, and you think of water doesn't exist here; it came from out there, mm-hmm. right? And water is what makes everything possible here. So the information that's being carried through the waters is profound. So when we, you want to dry fast on your fourth day, your inner waters are drying up. Now those inner waters carry systemic information. Mm-hmm. They carry all of your nuclear uh, family history mm-hmm. um, within your experience of your life. Yeah. And uh, those, those, those vibrations of trauma and um, those uh, habituated thinking patterns and Mm -hmm. all the things that are passed through are all stored in your inner water. Mm -hmm. And so when you dry up the inner water and then you have a ceremony where you're drinking the highest vibrational water, all blessed, Mm -hmm. and now you replace that inner water. When you have that first glass of water, Mm -hmm. you're like, holy shit, I've never tasted a glass of water like this. And you watch, you feel it go through your body, and you now know you have replaced all that information with this super high vibration. And all of a sudden, a lot of your addictive behaviors are just gone because that information is no longer resonating through you. Mm-hmm. You've replaced the inner waters with yeah. new vibrational water. And then you think you can cut yourself a little slack going, shit, no matter how many practices I did, no matter how much meditation, I still kept getting drawn in on some level by this to this, this shit right. because it's, inf- yes, 
It's informing you and you don't even know it. And you're yeah. kind of fighting this internal struggle and going, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And then I get pulled back. And then I, it's because of the internal water. Change the water. They need uh, to, it needs to be changed. And you know, this like process. Like an oil change. Yeah. Like an oil change. And this process yeah. that we went through, what I would have added to that and I think we will start doing this process yeah. and yeah, we will add this thing it. to it. And what I would have added <laughs> to that was this. As you are going in and, 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 and releasing the ancient water with all of the traumas of all of your ancestors from the wombs of the grandmothers beyond and back and back and back to Eve, if you want to go that far, if mm. she really was a person. Anyway, all of that, if you go all the way back to that, so instead of saying, I've got to get rid of this water in order to be authentically here, what there needs to be is an honoring of the releasing of this trauma and saying, I acknowledge you. Right. I will, you of, like, I will tears, let go. Yes. Releasing through tears. I will let go of this trauma that I have held for you, that my mother has held for you, that all of the females have carried forward in the wombs for mm -hmm. centuries upon centuries, mm -hmm. I release this with honor and I replace this with the, 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 the goodness and the love and the blessings of this new golden age. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. beautiful. And so you're, you're kind of saying, you know what? I carry all of the hopes and dreams of my, all my relations. Mm -hmm. and, there, and the pressure this has created has cracked me open to awaken which is the dream of all of my lineage that I carry. Mm. Uh, they're looking for a hero. They're looking for someone to remember, mm. someone to awaken. And so you're honoring all of it, like Kathy says, it's so beautiful. At the same time, it's cracking you, the density you've been carrying. You know, because stuff like schizophrenia, bipolar, that is actually a four-generational Ill mental illness. Mm. You cannot become schizophrenic in one lifetime. It's because of the ungrieved losses you're carrying from generations that the density of it finally cracks, cracks the people so deeply that they become mm. schizophrenic. Mm. But schizophrenic, mm. I, like I say when people come, because I'm a therapist and I work with people, or addiction, I say this is the fast track to spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's cracking you open to the truth. If you don't look at it like, you know, mental illness and you look at it like, no, you, you're being cracked open. You're awakening. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually a misfit of society. You're one of the harbingers of light that's starting to awaken and question all this shit mm -hmm. and just go, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Well, this is actually the real truth. So as we come yeah. into living vision, we're honoring our, that systemic loss and grief but we're also honoring their hopes and dreams and realizing right. it all rests on us. Yeah. We're the harbingers of light of a new world. And because of what we're carrying, it's all contributed. So it must be honored. Yeah. It all needs to be grieved and felt and honored. And so when we do that, we start to move forward in how do we collectively help each other. Like we couldn't have done that dry fast without the help of the others. We need to come together and help each other. Yeah. So this is why it's a process we enter in together in vision. 
So we feel together. Some we murmuration. Greet, like murmuration, Kathy says, yeah. it's a community murmuration. We move oh. as one consciousness through this process where we're, we're honoring, we're feeling, we're releasing. And another very important component is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. like what does forgiveness mean to you? Forgiveness, nothing will move forward, right? What's the definition of forgiveness? That's a... I love the topic of forgiveness. It's so huge, <laughs> right? There's, I think, there's levels of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. There's, there's kind I of. I heard recently it's a will. It's a, an allowance to heal, a softening. Mm. Yes, I mean, ultimately, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Mm. So we're being of asked to go in and find the judgments <laughs> of ourselves in order to forgive ourselves in the judgments that we've laid on ourselves and others. And when we go deeper into forgiveness mm -hmm. of ourself, and this is the deal, and this has just been my experience, without the divine, it's not possible. Grace. We need grace in, because it goes so deep in our psyche. The wounding is so deep yeah. that you cannot, through just your mental uh, abilities, right, yeah. forgive yourself. It's impossible. And yeah. so I need to call in the divine grace mm -hmm. and to it's intend to remember the deeper truth of who we really are yes. beyond this human condition. And when we start tapping into the deeper truth of who we are, I think that's when true forgiveness starts to happen because mm -hmm. then we can see the beauty of ourselves and others beyond the judgment stuff. Because, yeah. you know, judgment... Even when I'm trying to be charitable and say, oh, I forgive you. There's still a part of me saying, you had something going on and I'm a bigger person, so I forgive you. That's right. not forgiveness. Right. Not you know, true forgiveness. It's, it's like yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when Paul, Paul was, we were discussing Gandhi and, and, and Paul was saying, it's amazing that as that man shot Gandhi, that Gandhi said, I forgive you. And I said, it would have been even more amazing if Gandhi had said, there is nothing to forgive. Well, apparently he was going um, Ram, Ram, Ram. Like his his life mantra was Ram. So like, yeah, like that, mm -hmm. to me, that's like the ultimate forgiveness. He was just, there's nothing to forgive. There's he was nothing staying to on forgive. that Christ consciousness vibration of Ram. Oh, bless you. Thank you for that info. Because, yeah. I mean, not that you'd want to criticize anybody who's, you know, going to as high a, a vibration as they can as uh, with their dying breath. Yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. at all. I'm just, you know, really, yeah. it's yeah. just like, yeah, but what I'm learning here is that, you know, there is nothing to forgive on some level, that mm. this is the illusion, that we have created this, that, and that we, as in our humaning, have gone into this whole thing, this whole system that we can trace back to the organizers, the uh, people trying to organize the planet that started with the, the church, the war, the, 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 the doctors and all of it, mm -hmm. and coming back to we, have, we are doing these things to each other because in this senseless way because we can't even figure the thread back. And that's where the illusion is. That's that something is happening here that we understand. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Right? So I think when you get the peace at a deeper level with obviously a compassionate heart,
Because what's happening here is freaking real to us. You know, when we see suffering in the world and children and it hurts and you're like, you're angry, you know, like we want to, something has to change here. And of course, we'll take compassionate action wherever we can. And if you allow yourself to go deeper into the eternal nature of who we all are, right, and realize that the shadow has served a purpose, it's breaking us free. It's breaking us open. So then you realize you can have a different relationship with the shadow. Instead of making it wrong, mm-hmm. you see that it's actually maybe a fail-safe purpose is to awaken us. And that when we see through reincarnation, we've all done shit here. Yeah. Nobody's free. Like, we've all done shit. And if you realize it's been all a part of our evolution to start breaking us open to the light... We have a different relationship with the shadow then. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to make it wrong and fight it anymore. We're in alignment persists. with it. Like, yeah, without that, we would go into complacency and perhaps never awaken. Yeah, because if, you, if you're hating the shadow, then it just gets bigger. So, of course, we'll never awaken. Uh-huh. It'll just get more dark. Yeah, you know, and if we got, like one of the gurus <laughs> said, the, the thing that scares him the most for his students is complacency. Hmm. If you get into a place of complacency, there's no growth. Right. If you get into pain and anger, that's that's at least growth. Like right. you're you're in it's it. A higher frequency. You know, but if you go beyond it now you just completely detach from it and go, Well, you know, that's a human thing. I'm 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 not you know, it's not worthy of me in my path, then you've cut yourself off from your own awakening. Yes, and studies have been done on Tibetan Buddhist monks on diabetes. They've got a higher rate of diabetes than the general population. And apparently, like, when you go to loving kindness right away without allowing yourself to really feel the rage and the anger of the shadow, yeah. it, it releases too much uh, endorphins and uh, something morphine. The body makes a type of morphine. Mm-hmm. When you're always just going to loving kindness, loving kindness, loving kindness, like the monks have tra- been trained to do. Mm-hmm. So they're all getting diabetes because when you have so much endorphin and this morphine that your body makes from doing this loving kindness practice excessively, it affects the reuptake or the metabolism of glucose. Wow. So you're basically like fucking up your body and then it's, mm-hmm. you need your body to get enlightened. Yes. Yes. There's the key statement right there. <laughs> and we've, dissoci- <laughs> we've dissociated from the body. Bravo. There you go. <laughs> right? That's the key one right there. Yeah. We've dissociated from our body by going, oh, you know, I'm going to be so- more spiritual right. than being to in a body. To become Christ-like, we have to use the body to do it. Exactly. And so what we get met with as bridges into this new frequency carriers, right? Mm-hmm. We're carrying all this stuff in us systemically mm-hmm. and our bodies are poisoned with mm-hmm. all this shit. Mm-hmm. So we're we're being given something like okay, now what? You know, so we're on this pathway of how do we bridge how do we bridge all of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um that's part of what we're feeling the dry fast is about because mm-hmm. we're like shit man we got to do something with the body because we've yeah. tried everything yeah. and we make progress and then we go back a bit then we make it we go back and we, we've been radical and the thing about a dry fast oh, process yeah. is in that third day the veil dropped for me and i was very in tune with the spiritual world mm-hmm. in more clarity than i've ever been 
And I was like, holy shit, you know, the body holds that vibration. And we try so hard through meditation and things like that, not realizing we're still fighting that body battle, you know, a density of that. And when you deal with that, all of a sudden your meditations and your practices take on a whole new vibrancy and vibration, you know, because you've dealt with it. I want to touch on that too like mm-hmm. a lot of men are just constantly ejaculating mm-hmm. so not only are we poisoning our body with the glyphosates and the food but we're also depleted sexually with the sexual ojas the vitality that's that helps us nurture the high, higher glands so that we can embody christ so um what i've realized in my life is like it's probably if you want to be christ-like don't like jack ejaculate like six times a day yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, it's also, it's, it's all, and that's so relative. And it's but, uh, also for me, it goes to what drives it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you're constantly masturbating, it's no different than taking a drink right. or taking a drug. Out. You're just numbing out with your, and what you're really, of numbing. course, seeking right. is that moment of ejaculation gives us just a, a moment of connection to a, a divine self right. or just a, oh, fuck, I'm out of here for a minute, you know? kind of feeling but you're it's like you're chasing the dragon as they would say in opium dens you know chasing the dragon is like i'm chasing that one little moment of release right and because i'm chasing it we create that which we fear right we defend against that which we we create that which we defend against so when we're trying to escape then the energy of is escape that's what mm-hmm. drives it. So now we're in addiction. We're just trying to escape the moment constantly. Get me the fuck out of here, just even for a moment, right? And it becomes yeah. OCD. It becomes habitual. And now you're identified with the pattern itself as who you are. Now you're fucked. Oh, that's so, that's so true. Yes. Oh, and then your self-esteem goes down. Yeah, and now you... Yeah, you, you, yeah exactly. You feel terrible, right? You're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, there's a part of me wanting the divine connection, mm-hmm. but the way I'm going about it isn't helping my self-esteem or my self-worth. Right. So what I've noticed in replacing these inner waters as well is that the addictions go. Mm-hmm. And so now the act of sexuality isn't being driven by that energy anymore. Now it's just like, Mm -hmm. I just want to be in love. Like Mm -hmm. I want to appreciate the body. I want Mm -hmm. to be loving with another. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to use them to get my rocks off. And uh, that's not love. That's just, you know, I need a momentary reprieve here. And I like how your body feels and looks. But you're not connecting in any real heartfelt way because it's being driven by a compulse. And it makes me think of, um, I had a Siamese fighting fish, and um, I was given these rocks, and I thought, I'll put the rocks in to make it more decorative, but I guess the rocks had a toxin in them, and the Siamese fighting fish started doing, like, flips and jumping, and I was like, whoa, the fish really likes these rocks or something, or like, but I think what had happened is the fish had been toxin, been given toxins that weren't good for it, and so it was becoming very animated and stuff, and I feel like that's what people do with masturbation and stuff. Is like we're in this mm. environment filled with EMFs and toxins, so we kind of just wanted to get our rocks off, mm-hmm. and we don't really know how agitated. to hold. We get agitated. We don't know how to just hold the joy and to be present with the discomfort because we're so uncomfortable. We just want to like get out of here, and so um, yeah, dry fasting, mm-hmm. learning how to do semen retention, 
eating organic, mm. like all these things, because that fish died. He, he died the day later. I'm like, oh mm. shit. Yeah. So, you know, it's important to really give the body what it needs to be healthy so that we don't have these compulsions. And it seems like dry fasting is a great way to reset everything. Mm-hmm. It is um, an amazing reset. And you were going to say something. I was going to say that um, on the, you know, it was, it was fascinating for me because on the second day of this dry fast, um, the toilet in our bathroom was black. And, but the toilet outside the meditation hall was white. Hmm. So I, didn't, I don't know when it actually started, but I went to the bathroom outside in the meditation mm-hmm. hall where the white toilet was, and there was this very dark brown straight streak. And I thought, that's just not... That's, I, just, I know nothing's coming from the back end, because once you start doing all of these things, the bowel just shuts down, right? Mm-hmm. It, you just don't have bowel movement. And, and, um, and so I was, tr- I, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is, this is damaging my kidneys. I'm, I'm starting to have a dark brown, dense mm. urine. Mm. And, um, you know, and I, I, I think, I think I mentioned to Paul, I said, geez, I think my kidneys are, are starting to not like this. And then, um, and then the, the, then the next day I was, uh, I was, it, you know, and my and I could actually feel my back was starting to get a little bit sore, like around the kidney area, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I'm I, I'm back in the bathroom, and um, I realize that in it, I've actually started a menstrual cycle, and here I am, almost sixty-one years old. I have not had a menstrual cycle for eight years, and this. Just like the, on the third day of this dry fast, I'm in full-on menstruation, like very light on, and in the sense that you know, like it's, it wasn't like a a, a, mm. a gushing, medi- you know, menstrual cycle like a mm. young woman would have, but it was there. Mm-hmm. It, it was there was no denying what was what that whole thing was about, and I thought it was kidneys and you know and all of this that and the other thing, and it was just like, oh my goodness, wow, yeah. how interesting is that. Yeah. That now, and, and you know, apparently when women go into deep issues like this, even at, at older ages, they can re, reignite their menstrual cycle. But yeah. for me in this process and looking at the deep waters of the body and looking at, you know, like the difficulties I have had with menstruation, the difficulties a lot of women have with menstruation. Mm-hmm. And is it all that they really need to do when they start going into that phase of life is to start incorporating a little more fasting into their body because the nutrition that they required as a menstruating woman is no longer, you know, that high mm-hmm. and, and they need to actually let go of the, like some of the waters, the deep waters, right, because right. I feel like I am back, back in time in, in yeah, my well, internal, you look, you look younger. Thank you. Yeah. But, it, 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 you know, that's a beautiful by- byproduct, but I, it's mm-hmm. also the feeling of yeah. vitality yeah, that I had lost that, and that feeling of disconnect mm-hmm. from, my, from my femininity and mm. my, my, my womanhood. I couldn't bring in the crone because I wasn't really the finished. The, the crone, the, the, uh, the elder woman, mm. the, you know, the, the wise, wise woman, woman. Mm. I, I couldn't bring the, my crone wisdom into me fully because I wasn't finished with this other woman. There was still mm. part of me holding on to something in there. And it was just like letting that go yeah. at that. It was just such a peaceful 
giving, loving process to go through and to That's feel awesome. like, and then looking at my husband who I met towards the, you know, like my fifties. And of course we're, we're not going to have a child together at that point in time, but just looking at him and going, wow, we could create life mm-hmm. and just to, and, and like knowing that I wouldn't do that, we wouldn't go into that, you know, we wouldn't be doing that. It's, it's, it's not appropriate. It might not be good for the fetus, all those kinds of things, who knows, but to appreciate and to be able to say to women, really look at that piece, like really honor that piece mm-hmm. and, and become the body that you are. Because what we're, what I think the whole discussion has been is not being at war with the body, but coming to peace with the body mm. and doing everything you can on this planet under the circumstances of which have been created over time, accidentally and intentionally, however it happened. We are, we have been, our bodies and our spirits have been put, pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, and separated. What we, yeah. Mm-hmm. What we've come to, I think, throughout our talk, Will, is to see that it's like making friends with our physical self because. It's the only way we'll get to those higher consciousnesses to raise the vibration on a cellular level. Thank you. Yeah. Quick story about a friend. She was told that she was infertile. She was around my age. And then she went to see a naturopath and started getting acupuncture regularly. And the naturopath was like, what do you eat? Well, it turns out she's addicted to deli meats. And hmm. she just stopped eating deli meats and started getting acupuncture and lessening her stress. And she's got a child. Lovely, right? Yeah. Deli meats have a lot of nitrates uh, and so preservatives. Preservatives. So it's just interesting, you know. It's, it's not the same thing. It's like yeah. love, love your body, honor your body, so you can be the fertile queen that you're meant to be. You know, love you yourselves, can love yourselves. Love yourself. Self. That's good. That's so good, huh? That's so yeah. good. That's you know, awesome. and and as we're talking, what's formulating is how um, many implants there have been in our enculturation to keep us separate. From implants. each other, implants like uh, implants are paradigms uh, of belief systems uh, right. to keep us sep- the mind belief separate ecosystems. from the heart, yes, and the hearts, yeah. you know, separate from the mind, and then us separate from our body. So when we look at even just our own holy trinity of relationship of mind, body, soul, we are we are separated on all levels. And it's our enculturation that's separated us. Mm-hmm. And so when, what we're doing is coming, we're all coming back coming into soul, mind, body. We're coming back into the unity, mm-hmm. consciousness. Mm-hmm. And by accepting and embracing all of it, mm-hmm. you know, we're coming back into wholeness because we've been separated off in order to be controlled. Mm-hmm. So now we're coming back into a, yeah. a unity consciousness. Yeah. And that is, that is embracing the body um, to the point where the teachings in India, they would, the avatars would talk about, you know, everything happens automatically. Your body is doing everything it's doing automatically. Mm-hmm. If you just get out of the way and honor and allow it like an avatar, mm-hmm. it's, we're an, it's an avatar. Or if you get out of the way, or you could say if you allow yourself to follow your bliss. Mm-hmm. Yes, but get out of the way, mean, what they were meaning was um, all the ways our mind is using our body to, uh, um, for pleasure yeah. and control and, and, and doing stuff to the body mm-hmm. and identifying a personality with the body mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, we've created this inc- 
incredible disassociation from our body. Mm -hmm. And when we actually start becoming more into the soul consciousness in the embodiment of a body, we have a different experience with the avatar, with the body itself. Everything's happening automatically. And you'll see the beauty of the body. Yes, I, I agree with you. And if you're somebody who's been taught to hate yourself for a long time, for whatever reason, mm. there are times in life where you have to fight for center. You know, there's times when you have to force yourself to engage your navel point and have a green smoothie instead of drinking a bunch of alcohol or sniffing cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's such a good you know? point too, Well, because... It's not just one or the other, it's both. So if I take action in my life mm-hmm. by treating my body better, by putting something nicer into it, by doing yoga or these things, it helps even me. Even when there's a pull not to. Even when there's a pull not to, I'm building self-worth. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, oh, look, I d- I'm, I'm starting to take care of myself. And as we raise the vibration through our actions, mm-hmm. then we start a deeper connection. Then when we get the deeper connection, the deeper connection affects our outward action. Right. So, you know, it's both meditating and living. Right. You know, you meditate when you live and you live when you meditate. It's, right. There's not a separation between the two. Right. It becomes a living embodiment. So taking action in any way, shape, or form is moving us forward to that deeper connection. Right. And as we take the time to medicate, meditate, and um, get that deeper connection, mm-hmm. we're also influencing our actions. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it isn't one or the other. It's both. actually both. Cool. Yeah, you don't, you don't separate the two. But yeah. we think that the road in is the body because yeah. the body is going yeah. to derail you and, and take the mind off in its way if, you've already, if your body has been conditioned to be a certain way and to be addicted to substances, to do all of these things. It, it, and then it's like, and then, it, then it's like, well, how do you change the body if you don't engage the mind? Yeah. Right? If you don't, if you don't use the, the will of the mind to do something. And it's just like, it's, it's this interesting circle of going round. And it's just like, whatever it takes to get the body to just make a momentary movement in a different direction. Yeah. And to anchor that in and to realize that this is, this is a new thing that you want mm-hmm. is that that's where the rubber, rubber meets the, rubber meets the, the rubber road. Meets the road. Re- when we've yeah. identified so much with the mind, <laughs> yeah. now the mind is trying to control the body to pleasure itself. Uh-huh. It's, it's now yes. the mind is involved in such a high level of control, the body can no longer function mm-hmm. as it's supposed to. It's mm-hmm. a perfect mechanism when we don't interfere with it. Yes. It just does its magic, you know. And as a therapist and an energy worker, it's amazing how many times when I help people, assist people to um, re-experience traumas, right? Mm-hmm. Re-experience um, aspects where they divided from themselves, they left themselves, mm-hmm. and they're calling back those uh, um, cut-off aspects of self. Mm-hmm. And they're able to re-experience the trauma, mm-hmm. right? And call back the soul piece that left. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the condition's gone instantly, mm-hmm. whatever it is from you name it. It's, and then you see, oh my God, those conditions aren't the body attacking you. Right. It's not the body malfunctioning. It's an emotional trauma mm-hmm. or a past event or a separated aspect of self 
-hmm. that is causing this condition in the body. Mm -hmm. And so when that deep healing occurs, the body goes back to homeostasis. homeostasis. It goes back yeah. to taking care of itself. It right. heals itself. That's what I really mean. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. not putting something on the body, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and asking the body to store trauma in it because right. we haven't completed our emotional contact content or we've we've you know cut off aspects mm -hmm. of herself and now the body's trying to deal with a mind that's fractured right you know and it's influencing the body that's what i mean when we come into wholeness body mind soul mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're having this effortless flow mm -hmm. and we're having an ecstatic experience of the body because yeah. when we're not there the body is an ecstatic experience i mean just yeah touching a finger oh. to somebody like that right yeah. and then if you you're really energetically in it you'll feel the energy that's flowing through my finger to your hand mm -hmm. and then if i go in deeper to it i'll hear the sound that love makes love actually makes a sound when we touch mm. and if you're totally resonant with your heart and you're feeling it you will hear the sound that love makes as it touches another like that sensitivity mm. is tantra yeah. it's like when you're going that deep into resonance of heart resonance of love then your every movement of a finger is as an ecstatic experience that's fantastic you know you're just like oh my god because you're feeling the body's interaction with everything mm -hmm. as an ecstatic experience because yep. your mind isn't in the way anymore that's what yogi bhajan said that now that we're in the aquarian age we're going to learn how to derive bliss from our self-sensory system mm. becoming ah, more subtle yes instead mm -hmm. of in the piscean age there was this sexualization because we became so disconnected from ourselves external that it was yeah. all this perversion and sexualization and subordination of women in a sexual way yes mm. and he said that's that's out because now we're going to derive our primary bliss from the self-sensory system cool that is so that and that's been our experience kath and i are like having a tundra experience together that is yeah. a total merge. Oh, we are merging <laughs> and having these ecstatic experiences <laughs> and no just going into this pure state of, nice. of deeper connection, nice. you know. And that's a whole other topic because we've had to deal with uh, battle of the sexes. So mm -hmm. when, when couples argue, it's not just you personally having disagreements. If you go deeper, it's your unconscious battle of the sexes. The deepest mm -hmm. wounding on this planet is between men and women. Right. And so when you, the dividing <laughs> of the two. And then if you go <laughs> deeper <laughs> than that even, we have a hatred for each other at our core. Mm -hmm. We're so scared of each other and merging with each other because if we merge as one, that means we're coming home to the divine and we're all scared shitless of God yeah. because it's like, it's because not a loving God. God. Because we're not being loving, because God exactly. is inside of us. Exactly. We are God. We are the expression of God in image and likeness. So there's no, there's no difference between us and the divine, except we didn't create ourselves. Right. That's the only thing. Other than that, we have all divine qualities that yeah. we are created and creator together. I feel, I feel like that's a good note to leave off on. And I feel like what you guys do is you help people experience that on a visceral level, like in their bodies, that they are God. So what are some upcoming events that you have planned and where can people find you? 
so they can do these and, and feel and experience yeah. this? Well, on the 4th, 5th, and 6th, you talked about living vision. Mm -hmm. That is huge. It's like going into a visioning process and through um, forgiveness and, and grief and feeling everything and initiating our inner DNA, our mm -hmm. tribal inner DNA, mm -hmm. because we've also disassociated from the tribal part of our bodies too. Like within the DNA, we have a tribal um, um, uh, experience uh, that we've lost. We've dis when we disconnected from each other, right? Mm -hmm. In that way, we stopped communing with each other. We stopped true community happening mm -hmm. and more separation. So we're coming back into the indigenous, mm -hmm. which create what that does is connect us to each other mm -hmm. and the earth. Yeah. So we need to connect back to the earth. We need to connect back to each other. We need to clear the way for vision to happen because vision is not something we go out and get. It's something we are. Right. We just have to listen and allow it to happen. And then mm -hmm. we're automatically having a new quality of life experience and a soulful knowing of what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. And we have our own gifts and talents within each other that we play this invaluable part mm -hmm. in making this new change. And we're all equally valuable. And, and we're helping to provide people the ingredients to, that. To, yes. to, to being the visionary that they were born exactly. to be. And then we, we have, have a community uh, to feel the visionary spirit within us. Exactly. And we have a community, a panel of visionaries talking yes. about what does it really take to bring vision into your life? Like, and what's the nitty gritty? Because you're going to be challenged. It's not all la, 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 you know. Right. And so we talk about what does it really take. Cool. And you need a community. We need each other, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, and that, again, we were separated off. So we're learning. It's holistic how to come back together, how to listen to the earth, how to um, clear the way for vision, and then how to, to support each other. Between classes and just come say Please. hi. Could I do that? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah. That, so that living vision. And then also... We need a community to uh, be the, uh, the air beneath our wings. We need mm -hmm. that support to bring vision forward and to help each other. So mm -hmm. we create an ongoing community. Awesome. So you have a vision, let's hear it. Mm -hmm. And let's see if you want to support others in their vision yeah. or if you feel mm -hmm. you have something in your heart, a vision that you want to bring forward, or it could be both. You're mm -hmm. supporting and people are supporting you, but let's take action. Nice. Let's take action and let that vision shape you. Because here's another thing. When we open to vision, vision grows us. Whenever we pull in a divine idea, it starts to grow and shape us because it's right. bigger than us. Right. And it brings everything we need and you start living magic. Your yeah. life becomes magical because you're not in this fearful little bubble of I got to be safe and secure and mm -hmm. protect myself and it's competition and that's more separation. It's all of a sudden you're be we're becoming more like a, a community organism and you yes. we're living in vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you need both because in order to be able to receive the vision and have this, the nervous system and the physical apparatus to handle the vision and live as the vision... You have to have good daily habits that keep you in your highest. Mm -hmm. 
also this brings up and then so many cool topics to talk <laughs> about that's why when sometimes people get kundalini rising too early and their mm -hmm. system like their psyche is not prepared mm -hmm. they haven't got the set and setting it's not done in a sacred way they don't know what the hell's happening to them mm -hmm. you know when you get a full kundalini arising and you have an awakening and a remembrance that's a big impact on the psyche mm -hmm. it's a big energetic impact plus when true joy and bliss comes through your nervous system is super taxed because we're not used to that vibration right. mm -hmm. we've gone really dense yeah. And so there's a way to graduate your system. And now I, I realize it's not that we have to be a good person or work really hard to get to awakening. <laughs> nope. It's we need to not be prepared to receive it. It's already here waiting here for are. us. Yeah. And so in order to receive it, we have to be psychically, like in our psyche, ready for it. Yeah. We need to be physically ready for that vibration. We need to be energetically ready for it. And that bliss state needs a safe harbor to moor itself in, meaning that we're prepared for it to happen. Make so I think all these practices that they, they, the acolytes would do, 30, 40 years of practicing, disciplining the mind, the body, all that was doing was really preparing for the initiation of awakening. Yeah, totally. So that's what we're doing. We're all preparing ourselves. We're cleansing out the physical impurities, we're allowing the mind to expand and open, we're changing our frequency to adapt to ecstatic states. And, and as you said, even here despair we can be blissful yes. when you really, so it's almost like we're training ourselves to enjoy the journey of detoxification, of purification. Every level, yeah. yeah. On every level. And one last thing I would add in there is breath. Hmm. Because these higher states require a different breath. They, when we shift consciousness, we shift the way our, we're breathing. Right. It's kind of like, um, okay, a baby's in the womb with flat lungs, and it's being fed through the umbilical. minute you're born and you have to take in air, you're, now the lungs all of a sudden expand and they're there to be used. Yeah. When we go into these altered states, these higher states of consciousness, there's also a different way of breathing in a more expanded way. So mastering the breath in order to make that transition into a higher consciousness is also necessary. Yeah. So there's a necessary preparation happening and when you're ready, the universe is friendly. Your awakening will happen. That's fantastic. Well, maybe we should all team up. Edward Dangerfield, I do breath workshops with him where I teach Kundalini and he does a breath thing. Mm -hmm. And it, that so resonates with me. Like, I'm like, oh, that's why we're doing it. That's why it intuitively feels right to have these, like, breath circles happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can collaborate on something. We'll, we'll talk off So here. that's living vision, right? Yeah. 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 So, what we're, so to support the living vision opening mm -hmm. of, to, of people, we, we are always teaching quantum touch, which nice. is helping people to understand how to use their own life force energy to heal themselves. Cool. We are going to be doing a breathwork day at Sweet. Bridget and Rich once a month. Um, periodically, we're going to uh, have a, a backing up the breathwork day. We're going to start with a family constellation day. Nice. And we will also have uh, our cacao journeys, which we do once a month here at our own home. Fantastic. And so all of this is going to be online in a, in a schedule for everybody to look at and Perfect. enroll in RSVP and all that jazz at quantumlife.ca. Quantumlife.ca. And then on Facebook, you guys are? Quantum Life. Quantum Life. 
And um, there's also a page for the event, right? Yes. Living Vision. If you type in Living Vision Vancouver, yep. it'll pop up. Um, and then on Instagram, you're Quantum Kathy. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's, That's so much fun. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just going to throw this out because I'm feeling called. Um, we're also teachers of A Course in Miracles. And oh, nice. the new Course in Miracles uh, annotated version is incredible. So I'm feeling drawn to um, perhaps start another group cool. um, and have a, an information night here and then start it fresh on January the 1st and maybe do something like, because it's a huge commitment for a year because it's a daily it's process day, yeah. and we used to meet every week. So I was thinking, you know, people are usually strong in January, February, March. Everybody's on it. And then they go deeper. And I'm like, okay, I'm willing to go three months and, and ingrain it so people know how to complete the year. Nice. And then after that, just follow up once a month, either live at our home or if we're traveling on, on Skype. And then and Zoom, Zoom, (coughs) and (laughs) to support people who want to go all the way through, and you don't necessarily have to go all the way through to benefit. And for most people, they go through it a few times before they're actually able to do that. So it's all perfect. But those who want to go all the way to the end, Mm -hmm. then we're there for them, and then we can have our big celebration at the end of the year. Like Mm -hmm. the last time we did it, we started with thirty-two and ended with six. Okay, yeah. You know, and it's such an in-depth process. It it changes everything. Yeah, and I I highly recommend people buy the new annotated version of A Course in Miracles that has all of the notes from the original scribe, Helen Shookman, Mm. reinserted. And there are some um, essays at the back of the annotated version that are just amazing. And so you get that at Circle of Atonement. You look at, just Google Circle of Atonement and, and get the annotated version cool. of A Course in Miracles. It's much thicker, mm. and it's purple instead of blue. Okay. Yeah, it has 1,500 awesome. extra words, Yeah, and they've got an emphasis on prayer and um, mind training and God-centered meditation that is beyond anything I've seen. Cool. And we want to help people really nail that down because... Nice. When you get to the point where you start to realize the heart is in charge, not the mind, Mm -hmm. it creates a gap. It creates a place to make a choice for love. But Mm -hmm. while we're totally identified with mind as personality, right, and body, that choice point isn't there. Mm -hmm. We're compulsively reacting and we're just on point there's no place for anything new to happen. So there needs to be that place of a new choice point for love in there. We're not driven by our reactions and our addictions and our over-identification, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the Course really helps people to find that gap. Nice. Sweet. Very beautiful. Um, I've been listening to the audio version, so it would be nice to, to mm. get it really ingrained in my cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your time today and for your wisdom oh. and um, for being wisdom keepers of taking this frequency uh, that, that I get to benefit from, from the Piscean age into this age. So thank you. 
thank yeah, you for thank an enlightening you. conversation. Yeah. As oh, always. Yeah. my yeah. pleasure. It's nice to have both of you yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you for Woo! being such a light, Woo! Will. Oh, my you pleasure. Know. And we've had our journeys, <laughs> right? We've had our journeys. I mean, yeah. we didn't mention, but Kath and I are, I'm 27 years clean and sober. Kathy's nice. 21. Fantastic. And that was a huge start in our journey yeah. to finally go, wow, something's not right. Mm. And um, uh, there's a calling mm. deeper that yeah. we're not paying attention to, right. that we yeah. need to hear. That's so awesome. that's been a big mm -hmm. part of our path, too. Thank wow. you. That was beautiful. Jesus Christ, superstar. How are you not what they say you are? Because you're even more fabulous than we thought. <laughs>you so much for tuning into the urban yogi podcast this week it was so nice to have paul and kathy on i just love them they make me smile they make me laugh and they have so much wisdom to share make sure to visit their website quantumlife.ca to learn more about what they do and to sign up for their amazing workshop coming up this weekend january 4th make sure to visit my website as well willblunderfield.ca where you can subscribe to the show on itunes youtube stitcher or a brrs feed or rss feed so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in this show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too if you like this show you might want to check out my album my music which has been featured throughout the podcast at itunes.com slash will blunderfield i'm available for private voice coaching as well as yoga classes and you can get my full schedule of public classes at willblunderfield.ca have a beautiful week satnam
Liberates others. May the long time. 